0: You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 43. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. Thanks for coming on over and checking it out. And if it's not your first time and you're coming on back, well, thanks for coming on back. All of the links mentioned today you can find at the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 043. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 043, as well as a whole bunch of other goodies over at thelongerhall.com. So you want to make sure you head over there, subscribe to the podcast so you get the episodes when they come out. Check out the resource page and a whole bunch of other goodies for sure. Great interview today for you as we really tackle a really common uh, problem, or at least an issue, something we have to think through in youth ministry, and that is, what do we do about a guest speaker? There's going to be lots of times where we have to bring people in, or we choose to bring people in, or we have the opportunity to bring people in to speak to our students, whether that's a really big event, or a big weekend event, like a Disciple Now weekend, or maybe just... Uh, one-night event or, or whatever that looks like in your context. And so uh, the question really is, what are some things we need to be thinking through and asking uh, to make sure that when that guest speaker comes in, that they are what we're needing, that they're actually uh, kind of helping the ministry, helping that event, not necessarily detracting or taking away from it. And so today I've got Chase Snyder on the show you'll love Chase. He brings a ton of wisdom to this uh, this issue in particular, and he really brings some unique perspective coming to this, both now serving uh, as a student pastor and having work on the campsite of ministry as well, where they were kind of receiving a lot of groups uh, in as well. So he brings a ton to it. You're going to want to make sure that you take some notes on this one. Also, at the end of the episode, like all of the episodes, he throws out A pretty uh, pretty great resource here that you're going to want to check out as well. And I have something special just to uh, let you know about. Some cool opportunities for you as well. Something new uh, that that I've just rolled out here for you. So make sure you stick around towards the end for that. So with all that said and all that out of the way, we will jump in here to today's interview with Chase Snyder from ministrybubble.com talking about guest speakers. Well, hey, Chase, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it very much, uh, taking the time to, to join us and impart your wisdom uh, upon us. Um, if you're not familiar with Chase, he is uh, founder, creator, runner of all things over at ministrybubble.com. Uh, he's a family pastor in East Tennessee, so he's after my own heart there, kind of where I near where I grew up. Um, got a lot on his plate, like most of us. And, uh, and found time somewhere in the middle of all that to, to come on here and, and chat a bit. So, man, thanks for, thanks for coming on.
1: Man, thanks for having me. Thanks for all the stuff you put up at the Longer Hall.
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're doing what we can, right? We do what we can. Hey, um, take a minute. I mean, I know I just kind of intro you a little, but take a minute just for those who maybe aren't super familiar uh, with you or haven't really checked out ministrybubble.com yet, and, and maybe share just a little bit about you, your background. Your kind of your journey in student ministry this to this point, like how did you end up where you are, um, and then we'll we'll jump into the topic there. After that,
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, I grew up, man, in a godly, good Christian family, and you know through that was really active and involved at churches. And when I was sixteen, I started getting involved uh, in camping ministry. I became a Christian when I was. Nine years old at a camp, and I really started serving at that point in camp, since so I had a, like I said, a great family and a great church that really started expecting me to use the Bible studies that I was learning about uh, in church. I know it's this crazy concept that everybody uh, is try- trying to teach their people today to actually walk out in faith and to use what God's been teaching them, uh, but really had uh, a lot of encouragement with that. So I spent the first 10 years of my ministry. In a nonprofit Christian camp, and so there we saw about six thousand campers a year come through uh, through our camp. So we had our own summer camp programming for about ten to twelve weeks in the summer, and then we had retreats come in. So we served churches uh, specifically all over the southeast, but especially here in the East Tennessee area where we were located. And so I got to know and minister with uh, some guys who were doing some great ministry. And then on the flip side of that, in the first 10 years, see a lot of people who uh, didn't really have their act together and were just kind of making it up as they went, uh, which all of us have been guilty at at some point in in some area. And so that's really started to shape my ministry. I I got to see the highs and the lows of what it meant to be in student ministry. Uh, And then after working at that camp for a while, I just felt like God was calling my wife and I. And at that point, we had our son. Now we have a a little one-year-old daughter uh, as well, and so my house has that n- good noise level. You know, it's not too quiet, not too loud, but that medium, almost static noise of a family, it seems like. And uh, so we just felt like God was calling us more into a pastoral role in a church uh, through a lot of prayer and a lot of uh, just heart-searching and preparation through reading and, and getting some good mentors in place. Uh, God opened up an opportunity for us to serve here at Valley Grove uh, in Knoxville, where I'm currently at. been here four years and just seen God do some amazing things. Uh, I really think that the heart of nonprofit ministry, you know, I was working in a place that was in an hour and a half away from most churches that we were ministering to. So how do you use communication? You don't have a weekly gathering. And so when I came into a church, I brought a lot of those habits with me uh, to make sure that we were communicating, we were working with volunteers and trying to organize ourselves for that mission.
0: Yeah, and I think so many of those skills are really important. Like I, I, wor- I worked in some camping stuff for a bit, and um, it's a different world, man. It's a different culture, for sure. And so a lot of those same skills that are needed there that we often use in that, and that it's things that translate not just to the church, really, but to so many other areas, but mm-hmm. particularly with youth ministry and student ministry, you're managing a lot of teams, you're managing a lot of volunteers, you're spinning a lot of plates, um, and so those things, I'd imagine, translated really well into that, and, and four years is a good place. That's that's where it really starts to settle a bit and, and, and really take off and get fun a little. Um, oh, yeah. So that's that's exciting as well. Okay, so you've been there four years, and then Ministry Bubble came out of what?
1: Well, Ministry Bubble came out of this same heart to, to get outside, of the church a little bit. Uh, Like you mentioned, working with those teams, I had so many teams that would come in, uh, whether they were these churches who were coming in for a retreat that we would work with, uh, or ministry teams. So we'd have mission trips that would come in and serve in our area and kind of use our camp as a launching point for that. And so I had this, this call into ministry for the local church and this pastorate, but then also to develop leaders, Uh, I think every church is struggling with that question on how do we develop leaders? How do we encourage the people that we have? How do we take them to the next level? And Ministry Bubble, uh, we launched it about a year ago, and it came out of that question. How can we take these ideas that people have and turn it into ministry? Um, I know that I've gone to so many conferences and camps before, and and completely fill up my Evernote yeah. <laughs> or my moleskin. And I'm like, man, I, I've got to use these. And I get back and I realize the number of people I have and the size budget that I have, and I just can't make that happen. And so I, I'm a firm believer that God has been giving so many incredible youth and children's ministers around the area these awesome ideals. Well, how can they start to put in place maybe some practices or some encouragement to get these things going in their area?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm I'm really glad to to really stop and kind of take some time to talk about the topic for today's episode, because I think it's something, it, it's certainly one of those things that regardless of the size of your ministry or where you are, it's something that you're going to face and you're going to deal with. And that that's kind of this idea of bringing in the guest speaker, right? And mm-hmm. it's a bittersweet thing. There are moments where you're like, man, I'm so glad I don't have to, I've got some time this week. I don't have to worry about all the prep and all the things that normally go into that. But at the same time, you're, you're kind of giving away the keys to the kingdom a little bit. And you hand somebody a microphone on stage and say, go, you really have no control from that point of what follows and what's about to be said. And, and sometimes that can go really, really well. And sometimes that can go really, really bad.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. There's nothing more terrifying than handing someone a mic And saying, "Yeah, go ahead and talk for a little bit," because at that point you know that your job is on the line. I mean, none of the parents know this joker's email address, right? I mean, they're going to (laughs) contact you the next day and wonder why this guy's messed up your kids so badly.
0: Yeah, you're on the hook, right? You're on the hook. Yeah. So, what are some things practically like when you when we sit down and we start looking? I mean, there's some. Let's talk about. Let's do this two ways. Let's talk about some things that, that we want, that churches want and need in a guest speaker. And then let's talk practically of some ways to make sure that's what we get.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, one of the first things I I know that I want whenever I bring in a guest speaker, and I say this all the time, it's kind of a drum that I beat. I want someone who will bring us to the throne of God without sitting on one. Right, And I had a a mentor tell me that early on in ministry, Uh, I'm always looking for somebody who's going to bring me to the throne, but not sit on one. And man, that changes the complete dynamic of of what we're doing. Uh, I had to remind myself so often that our events aren't about the speaker. It's not about the band. It's really not even about the set of students that we have, although it's geared for students. uh, It's not solely about them. It's about us worshiping King Jesus and glorifying him and so we, we try to make that one of the main points that we're putting up there.
0: Yeah, I think you—and that's a hard thing. I mean, that's a that's a hard thing, just—I mean, just transparently speaking. It's hard to be up front and to not take that posture. Um, and, and if it's somebody—if it's a situation or a case where it's somebody that you—that does a lot of speaking as a primary ministry, I would imagine that's even more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've even personally ran into situations where I knew the guy I brought in uh, as a friend. And, you know, he he must have had a a shift that weekend and some things. And he really made that weekend all about him and what he was doing. Uh, He even had a different speaking style uh, Mm. that he was almost testing out uh, on my group. And, And it was really hard to to have some of those conversations to try to figure out, man, what what happened? You know, we brought you here to speak about Jesus, but you only spoke about yourself. And, you know, there's really not a lot of things you could do on the front end other than seeking in prayer and trying to find out as much information about a person as you can. Uh, That's why I think prayer is so important, that we're praying for our speakers, we're praying for the leaders that we're bringing in, you know, that God just reveals himself to them and continues to fill them up with the Spirit. Uh, Because once we hand that mic over, and it's it's kind of game over to a certain extent, you know we're we're there experiencing this with our students, and that's got to be one of the kickers is we need these people to point us to Jesus, not necessarily a new book or a new t-shirt that they've come out with or or something they were doing six months ago
0: yeah uh, yeah, there's definitely a posture of humility right that you're wanting and you, mm-hmm. and not just really wanting in the sense of like you're wanting that in them, but that's something that I think for us we often. We want that modeled for our students, yeah. Um, as well, okay. Oh, so, yeah. so, so we want them to to come humbly and to to kind of steer us towards, obviously towards the Lord and towards the focus of what it is, and not necessarily make it all about them. Um, what else? What would you say was what's number two?
1: Yeah, another new one that we've really started having to look at the past decade is somebody who's going to have a positive social media following. Yeah because you know I've started to realize as all of all of us have that our students and parents are now connecting with these guest speakers uh, with the guest band whoever we bring in for months and years after they visited our church or come to our camp and so that could be a really encouraging and positive thing I and mean, they could influence them for the gospel and encourage them every day through their Instagram or Snapchat but on the flip side they could be completely horrible Uh, at those things. And I'm not talking about process and using the wrong filters, but using it inappropriately uh, as a minister uh, of the gospel. And so we've got to make sure that that even our social medias are pointing our students and our leaders and our parents to Jesus. And, And not that they have to have so many posts per day or, you know, a kid about the filters, but it's not necessarily about the presentation of that, but about the content that they're putting forth on those
0: Right, I mean, in the sense they're speaking for you that weekend, but they'll continue to speak into your students through those platforms, and so mm-hmm. making sure that those are consistent—that's a really good point. And I don't—I don't know that—I don't know that how often we really think about that and check that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I just that takes—that takes a lot of of intentionality there.
1: Yeah, and we see it with our own leaders in our ministries. And we all know that we've had that situation where a leader starts posting something that's inappropriate on Facebook or Twitter. And now we have to go have the awkward but honest conversation with them and saying, hey, if you're a volunteer, you're serving in our church. Hey, you're a leader of this church and not necessarily you're the face of this church, which you are, but you're the face of Jesus to these people and, and start to speak into their lives. And it's Now that we have to kind of look at that at the next level. So we know that for our key people. And a lot of us have social media policies that we're trying to enforce and and monitor and speak up front with new volunteers who are coming in. Uh, But we've got to look at this for the next tier. You know, who's the next tier of leadership? It's going to be those speakers and guests that we have come in and kind of hold them up to the same standard uh, that we would our own people.
0: Yeah, I think that's super important. I think that's super important. And I think that's something that we often don't take account of, for sure. Okay, so humility or posture of humility, uh, a positive social media account, what else are we looking at? I want
1: somebody who is going to be completely passionate about students and ministry. Uh, I want them to interact with our people. I think that those coincide together. If you bring in somebody and, and they're burned out, they're horribly living through, you know, the the worst depths of ministry, and you can see it. You can tell, and they're just worn down. Um, and it's hard to bring them in in that season to get our students and our people excited about Jesus. Uh, you know, I've I've seen it posted so many times uh, in books and on. Instagram, when people are posting all their, their wisdom posts from the day with their text. <laughs> right. um, you know. But it's if you can't get excited about Jesus, why would someone be excited to hear you talk about Jesus? That's right. And that's, that's what we want. We want our students to be excited about the Jesus that we know. And so, man, we've got to have some people who are passionate about students and ministry. And you know, there are several different ways that you can interact and connect with students. And a portion of that is on the stage or on the platform. It's through their talks. It's through the lessons that they prepared. But I think a huge portion is going to be that in-between session time. Now, I know pastors are busy, and even when I go to speak, there's a whole list of things that I have to do that just because I'm not in the office on Thursday, all of Thursday's work still has to get done. And so they may not be out playing dodgeball with the students, and I get that. Uh, And I don't expect that, but I do expect them to eat some meals together to get to know students' names, to talk to my leaders, to encourage, and you know, not just peace out at the end of the last session and tell me to mail the check to them.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, like, what does that reasonably look like, like, feasibly? Because I think there's this stereotype of the youth worker, youth speaker, right? We all know this. I mean, it's – but typically we think of somebody who's super outgoing, super extroverted, like – Super energetic and I, I don't know more and more I'm seeing less and less of those type of people in student ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I, it just seems to be the trend a bit. Um, and so you, if you bring in somebody who's more on the introverted side and they're going to come in and they're going to be speak maybe they're probably going to kill it on stage because that, that's, that's their thing, you know um, you know, where's the line? that we draw with the interaction afterwards for, for that. Is it, you know, I I mean, I'm glad you say like, I don't, they don't necessarily expect everybody to do everything. I'm bringing them in primarily to speak and challenge, but you know, I think, I think it's reasonable to say, okay, yeah, eating meals, hanging out and and speaking into that, not just disappearing, like that kind of thing. But is there, I mean, there, there's some things you're like, man, this is a must. Like if you're going to interact, this is a must.
1: Yeah, and I I think it comes back on us as a host church too. Uh, I really view my role uh, as a pastor during an event is to set up my leaders and that second tier leadership with the speakers and bands to set them up for success that week. And so yes, I'm doing the relational things, but I need to do at least in my own mind a ton of administrative and relational work on the front end to where that event is running as smoothly as it can. And I know that there's always the the elephant that pops up <laughs> or the loop that gets thrown into all of this and, and something will need my attention. But my attention needs to be making sure that I get that gap between the leadership and the students uh, completely bridged so that ministry is happening. And so I think for us, we need to, as a host church, uh, make sure that we're ready to, to be very hospitable to somebody who maybe is coming from out of town into a new situation. Uh, we have to remember none of us like going into that situation. Uh, it's awkward walking into a room, where everyone knows everyone except for you uh, and trying to have some of those conversations. So we need to make sure that we're seeking out and pulling in those speakers and the bands that we bring in just to, to build that relationship and that rapport with them and, and to love on them and encourage them in ministry during this season. Uh, but I think, you know, as far as a metric, you know, I, I would say in between, you know, even if they have to go do work, uh, one of the biggest kickers is going to make sure that they're not seeming like they're in a rush. Yeah. Uh, They can't be in a rush. They can't. I had a a speaker once who uh, came in late. And so he came in about a song late to the session. And he was a local guy. So he was driving from home uh, doing some work. And then he left before the end of the invitation uh, on the, the biggest evangelistic point of this weekend. And I'm like, man, you you're rushed. You could have just stayed seven more minutes and I would have never known. Yeah. And it would not have been a big deal. But you could just see he was antsy and his mind was somewhere else. And I think that, for me, that's really the only metric is I want to know that that person's mind and heart's kind of engaged with our people.
0: Yeah, they're and present so, there in the moment with you yeah. with the task at hand. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. That's good. That's good. Are there yeah. other Are there other things you'd throw out?
1: And there are, you know, there's probably so many that people can add to a list on here. And you know, some of the big ones, and yeah, we got to make sure that. The people we bring in line up with our theology. I know that that's something that we instinctively know, but we've got to make sure that we are very diligent to to kind of vet that a little bit. Um, and even if it's not huge doctrinal issues, but man, that's our primary role as pastors—to make sure that our congregation's protected from false doctrine or incorrect teaching. So we need to be vetting that. And I think part of that goes with somebody who's going to honor our retreat theme. Um,
0: yeah. I'm so glad you said that.
1: And and if you don't connect with our people, that's horrible. But man, if you are not connecting with our theme, in my mind, it's almost e- equally as frustrating and horrible. It's like uh, it's almost coming in saying, "Well, I know that you and your team have been praying about this for years and months leading into this, and you've worked every intricate detail, and you know God's spirit was working in that, but." Fifteen minutes ago, as I was driving over here, uh, <laughs> God gave me a completely different theme, and so I'm going to preach that. Uh, and normally, that theme looks a lot like the other places they've spoken at. Yeah. And so, man, that that is difficult uh, to do that because when that speaker goes rogue, man, those teaching points and the are off. The students are confused. The leaders are trying to bring it in on a fly, so they're stressed out. And uh, you know, I know that God can work in the spur of the moment. I'm not discounting that. I know that when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit worked through him and said every word and it was beautiful and people became Christians. But on the flip side, God's spirit and God's word spoke to Noah and far in advance and gave him specific plans to build an ark. And he spoke to David, specific plans to build a temple that Solomon carried out. So I know that God can work in the spur of a moment, but he's present in the planning too. So we want a speaker who's going to honor that and really come alongside and build that up with us.
0: Yeah, I mean, so we have changed. We changed how we do retreats and our Disciple Now weekends completely because of an experience of what you're talking about. And I brought in a friend of mine who I knew for a long time. I him, knew him very well, and he did a lot of speaking. He, that's kind of what his thing was. And uh, And I'd heard him many times, you know. And he, and he did very good. And man, he came in and it, it just, he never, he almost broke every rule we're talking about here. He didn't feel super <laughs> present, you know? Uh, he did hang out and talk with the students and stuff, but he just never felt really present. And he totally disregarded the theme. Nothing he taught or preached from the entire weekend, there was no way to even tie it back or relate it. Like, it was really apparent to me that it was just canned stuff that he had done a billion times. And you could tell like for us, this was a different type of focus, a different type of retreat. So it was a smaller group than what we would normally have. Um, You could tell he was used to speaking to larger groups. So even in his delivery, like his eye contact was terrible, man. He was staring at the back. He was looking over the top of the heads of the students, like just, and And, of course, they're bored out of their mind. He's losing them because he's not well prepared, which means now he's trying to tell stories to kind of capture them, their attention again, but they weren't really well thought out either. So it was just a disaster. And so we came away from that weekend saying, we will not do themes anymore. (laughs) Um, And so this isn't for everybody. I'm not saying you should do it. Everybody should do it. But for us, what we have done as a result of that, to ensure that the speaker we brought in was going to actually address what we wanted to address, we pick a passage or a book and we camp out in that passage, that book, the whole weekend. Um, So instead of it being, you know, uh, a theme where they're kind of doing more topical things around it, we say, nope, we're going to be in the book of Colossians this weekend. You got five sessions in Colossians. And it's yeah. up to you, really. I'm not going to tell you necessarily where in Colossians to come from and pull from, but we want our students to walk away, at least having a good understanding of the book of Colossians or whatever it is. You know, maybe we did, we've done like the Sermon on the Mount. So mm-hmm. rather than than picking a theme, you know, ruined and we can be ruined for Christ, and and then who <laughs> knows where that goes, right? Um, yeah. And, and so we we just really titled we took the theme and applied one theme to the to the event every year. And so every year, like our disciple now for example, every year it's just called saturate. And we had the same tagline every year, what fills your heart, guides your life. And then every year the focus isn't necessarily a new theme, it's a new passage. And that has pretty much fixed for the most part that issue of the rogue speaker doing whatever he felt like would be easier um it's worked well for us yeah we
1: moved and we moved to that branding with our d now this past year um you know because like you're saying it even gets confusing it's kind of disconnected from the rest of the student ministry calendar when you have a theme for a summer camp and a d now and this and that and by the time you look back at that calendar you're like man the student's been just Shotgun blasted with the gospel instead of it kind of leading on a journey, and so we moved to that thing we call our d nows diverge now and the, our tagline's journey with Jesus and so it's sort of that same thing where we're kind of you know changing the content each year, but it's this focus in on that's what we want to do we want to kind of break off the path of our habits and and journey with him a little bit through scripture and worship and you know and I think another way that I've tried to get around this Jody and I haven't gone as far as completely get rid of my themes, but I've started to get some speakers who do a theme really well. Uh, maybe they've written a book and then I get them to come in and go through that material. Yeah, that's And good. so I'll that's review that material. And so I kind of know on the front end, Hey, this is your wheelhouse and you go do this with all your might. God's giving you this message. It's incredible. Our people need it. Bring your energy, bring your passion. But I know specifically, this is what we're getting. This is what we're going to talk about. So, it takes out some of those question marks. Yeah, on that. I think
0: that's great. That's a, that's a great idea. Do you do you find yourself bringing the same people over and over, or do you is it is it more of like, well, he already came, so we get somebody new each time?
1: Um, I have had the same band for three years uh, for D now, which is the longest I've ever done that, um, to be honest. And even this past weekend, I had. An event we called it the Date Different Weekender. And so it was a mini conference for parents and students. Uh, We talked about dating, sex, and marriage. So, you know, the the best conference to ever have (laughs) with parents and students together. Um, But we brought a guy, Greg Gibson, uh, who's actually written a book called Date Different. So he has spent tons of time and energy speaking to students about dating. And so we kind of made this mini retreat to where parents and students just went home. There was no overnighter, no host homes. We didn't rent a cabin and really made it a a little more flexible of a weekend with them. But we had actually brought Greg in for the second time at this point. And so typically I'm finding new speakers or bringing them in, but uh, I try not to bring them in more than a couple times in about a four-year span, just so that if they're going through that three-year cycle of middle school or that four-year cycle of high school for our area, then they're, they're not really being... You know, just blasted with the same guys over and over. They're getting to see some different stories, some different perspectives, and a different voice as well. Yeah,
0: I like it. I like it. Okay, so here's what I have. Tell me, tell me how we're doing here. Uh, I've got like a humble attitude, humble heart. I'm, I'm, I can't remember your cool way of phrasing that, so I just that's what I wrote down. Um, positive social media account. passionate about students in their ministry. Their theology is lining up, and they're honoring the theme of the weekend or the focus of the weekend. Is there anything else you'd throw in there?
1: Yeah, the last one that I would say is someone who is going to be professional. Mm -hmm. Now, I know student pastors have the worst rap when it comes to being professional administrative, and I know a lot of student pastors who aren't administrative. Uh, For me personally, I am very type A driven, organized, administrative. My desk is always clear, not because... I'm cranking out a ton of work, but because it annoys me, right? And uh, it's just who I am. And so I get it for my counterparts who live in complete chaos, but can function with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, power power to you for being a little more laid back than I am. But man, I've got to have uh, somebody who's going to be professional because there's nothing worse than sending emails and somebody being slow to respond. Or if we're going to bring them in and talk about their content – being late to get me their content so I could get it to my leaders. Uh, I really think that, you know, there's not a dichotomy between being relational and being organized. Uh, A lot of people say, well, you got to basically pick one and lean into your strengths. Uh, I think that some of the foundational organizational stuff, all of us can do, you know, getting back with phone calls. And and like I said, I understand when schedules are busy or people just aren't bent that way, uh, but we've got to have that good experience on the front end because if not – uh, as all of us can remember of time where that's happened, when you go and shake the guy's hand, you finally meet for the first time or he arrives for the weekend or she shows up to speak, you're thinking, "Man, I hope you have this more together than the past three months right right <laughs> and you're nervous already starting that event, and so I want somebody who's who's professional who can actually return and do some of those things,
0: so are you communicating out ahead of time with those guys, some of those deadlines then?
1: Yeah, and and I kind of put it back on on them for some of the content. And so, um, for instance, I try to get a speaker about nine to six months out uh, because I know that people's schedules start filling up, and that gives us enough time for us to put it on our website to create a page for that and start to make some of those promotional things. And so when I'm communicating with them, um, if they are going to use our theme, I'll kind of give them a deadline. I'll say, hey, here's when... I'm going to give you uh, the material that we're going to use. So, you have every small group lesson, everything we're giving our small group leaders. You have even some of the pictures and the PowerPoint slides so that you can start working and kind of creating your content around that. Uh, if I'm using their stuff, I typically give them a deadline too. Uh, say, hey, can I have this two months out, three months out? And I kind of remind them a couple of weeks before that deadline just so that we're not putting our people in a bad spot either. Uh, And most of them have done really well with that. It kind of takes me, uh, for every event, I try to take uh, at least a morning. Uh, I like to have an entire day to where I go ahead and back calendar every aspect of that event about nine months out. So who am I talking to? When do we need these deadlines? Uh, Who am I finding? Whose responsibility is this promotional piece so that we can make sure we're mapping that out and then communicating that to everybody.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing, like if you're listening and you're, you're part-time, you're bivocational, you're volunteer, and you're thinking, oh man, that's easy for you guys to say because you're full-time. Like, okay, yeah. It is to an extent because we have we have that liberty, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you may not be the one to have to do that. And so I would say two things. If you find yourself legitimately kind of vocational volunteer, not able to really take a full day or even a half a day to set aside to, to kind of do this, then find someone who can help you do that. And then you can kind of talk through that with them. The other side of that is if you're, if you're listening and you're sitting here and saying, well, I'm just, I'm just not super organized, um, I, would, I would really challenge back and say you may not be naturally be organized, but you need to, to really strive to be for your own credibility especially if you're going to have any lingering impact or influence and in longevity. You're just going to have to have to some things in order. But even with that said, you have people in your ministry, in your church, who love this kind of thing. They, they nerd out on organizing things, and they can step in as a, in a volunteer role and help you with a lot of these things. And, and then you're only having to really keep up with one person. And, and mm-hmm. they're just communicating b- back and forth because so I don't want you to, to be listening and thinking, oh, man, this is way bigger beyond where I even have time to invest or ability or budget or this isn't this is beyond all those things. You can do this. It just may not be you doing it. And it may not be that you take a full day or half a day. It may mean that you take a few minutes each day or you know, I know when I was, man, I was a bivocational guy for a long time, and I took my lunch. My lunch was kind of a, a church time, and I would, while I'm eating, I'm calendaring out. I'm That's when I'm returning emails and phone calls, and, and you just figure out where it fits, and you can do it. But, man, I love, love, and I'm so glad you're saying that, the, the idea and the need to calendar backwards, um, every aspect of that, because... If you don't do that things will drop. You balls will get dropped and you you'll forget really important things. Um and so deadlines are are super important uh, on on all all regards but even like things like promotion and and really thinking through how am I going to promote this and uh, who's going to be in charge of this if if especially if you're in a situation where you don't have the time to do it.
1: Oh yeah, and even like t-shirts. Um I know that one time I completely forgot to order the t-shirts and that's not something that you can go pick up 100 t-shirts or even 20 the next day very easily. And so, you know, I had to beg and plead this t-shirt company and put them in a the bind, people we always use. Now they were great to get it to me before the event, but man, you just got to make sure that you look that uh look through all of that. And Jody I was by vocational uh, uh before coming full-time even on staff here. And one of the things that I Really try to do is just not create the wheel every year and keep reinventing those things. So I kept schedules from previous events. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have to go back through and, and redo all that. And I think that it's something that, like you're saying, whether it's you or whether it's that color coding loving volunteer <laughs> that we all know we have somewhere, you know, they're organizing your notes for you while you speak. Uh, and a lot of times, even as a, a leader and administrator in that, man, if we can set some deadlines and just say, hey, Nine months out, we're going to get a speaker and band committed. Eight months out, uh, we're going to look through the curriculum and try to set a theme. And then even if you're just saying, Hamill send an email just to kind of force us to do some of those things. Uh, As much as we hate meetings, meetings a lot of times force us to get our ducks in a row because we don't want to look like we haven't done anything since the last meeting. Uh, So try to get those people on the teams understanding, hey, this is going to help us out. What have you done this past month? Uh, but then also for us as well. Yeah,
0: and I love it, man. And and that's this is where longevity is your friend, right? This is where longevity is your friend because the first time through, yeah, you're gonna have there's gonna be a lot more work to this. The second time through, if you were smart, you kept it all. And so, like for me, we finish event even if it's camp. If it's not, if even if it's an event we're going to participate in, like I'm not planning. We're just going somewhere. It's a conference. It's a whatever. I'll take all of that information when I'm done. It goes in a Manila folder, big Sharpie writes on the front and that gets filed away. Then the next year when it comes around, we start planning. I can pull that out. Um and I've got them for years now because every year, you know, you're going to tweak a little bit and and there I can't tell you, there's not a year that goes by that I don't go, "Man, I remember a few years ago we did something. What well, how did we do that?" And I can go back and it's all there. And so I'm I'm constantly Templates are your friend, like emails that I'm sending out. I'm saving those templates. I'm saving those off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it's uh, postcards we're sending out, I'm saving. I'm saving those. I'm saving the images. Evernote. I'm a huge Evernote junkie. You know, if you listen to the podcast, you know how much I love Evernote. I'm I'm constantly even during the event. I'm making notes in Evernote for next year's event. Next year, remember to do this differently next year remember to do this differently or we this went well we need to we need to adjust the schedule here that way when i sit down to start planning that it's right there and i can pull that up i'm not having to reinvent the wheel i'm not starting from scratch i'm literally just pulling templates out from previous years changing what needs to be changed and it's going to print Um, even those emails you know which is because it's the same thing. I'm communicating to the speaker this year pretty much what I wanted to, to, to communicate last year. It's just a different, for me, it's just a different text, or different passage, or different dates.
1: Oh, yeah. And we started saving old web pages that we would use. And so our sign-up form online for D-Now or a Summer Camp, where I would put the speaker and the band that we're going to have and the location and the times, and I would just take that page and hide it from the world. And save that link, and then next time I was going to use it, just set that thing to go live and change all the information, so I wasn't having to recreate a web page each time. Yeah, I think we make so, so much work for
0: ourselves that we don't have to. And then, and, and the crazy thing is, those little things like that don't seem like a lot, and maybe by themselves they're not, but as a whole, those things are what really keep us from being effective pastors and and effectively being able to minister. To our students, because we're so busy doing all these little random things. And there's lots of tools, man. I'm I'm a tool junkie for sure. We recommend a bunch of things. If you can't meet physically, then, my goodness, create a team on Slack. Set up a Trello board. Like, these are free tools that are there. Create a Facebook group. Whatever it takes to be able to sit and communicate and keep track of what's where. Um, man, there's no excuse really, to not be able to do that. It doesn't take a lot of money, and it doesn't even really take a whole lot of time. It may the first time through, but you can save yourself so, so much time. Oh, yeah. That's great. Well, cool, man. Well, anything, any last thing you want to throw in here before we finish up? Yeah, I
1: think that, you know, camps, looking back, those were the pivotal, almost turning points in a lot of our youth. Um, I grew up, through youth ministry in the late 80s, early two-thousand, or not 80s, that's when I was born, late 90s and early 2000s, and you're going to say, man, you've been in youth ministry <laughs> for 20 years as a kid. Um, <laughs> East Tennessee has a different style of schooling here. Yeah, no, just baby kidding. face. Um, it, it is. And so, um, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s where, you know, camping ministry was huge and going to events and, and doing a lot of uh, huge conference type things things. And so I, I can look back even on my own life and see how God had worked through those camps. And for a lot of churches, you know, the, the normal sized church in America, the normative church is around 80 to 90, depending on which poll you're looking at. And so that means that the average student ministry, if they've got 10, 20 percent of the church are students, I, that that's astronomical, but you're looking at 10 to 20 people. And so it can be very frustrating to think, oh my goodness, we've got to have these events. And so that's why I love to lean into camps that are creating a lot of that content for you, uh, like Fuge Camps or Student Life, and that you can join in on that. And they're doing the back and they give you the resources to help on that. Uh, And then I'm also a big proponent of opening up events. Uh, Our church isn't a, a giant church, Knoxville area, but we're starting to do some cool community things where we're getting student ministries from all over the South Knoxville region where we're at and to start investing in events together. And so somebody may pay for the Saturday meal or somebody else is going to do this, but we all need student pastors and student leaders together. If we start praying for our region specifically, for our students and families, start bringing in some of those resources. Instead of us doing six events uh, individually over that spring semester, Let's do one really cool event and see how God can use that and how we can pull that together. Uh, so I would say, figure out how you can be creative within your own region. If you've got a network or an association or whatever it may be for your denomination or for your churches, and lean into that. Uh, your students are going to love having more students there. Yes, but don't be embarrassed. If you take a retreat for ten people. Um, you know, Jody, I've taken retreats for. 10 people and they've been some of the most incredible retreats or events that we've done because it was more like you were saying earlier with your event it had a different slant you know yeah. this wasn't bring the masses we're going to tell them about jesus this is we've got the people who are going into ministry and let's encourage them in that you know how can we encourage a 17 year old who's trying to figure out college and if god wants them to be a missionary yeah and that's a completely different look. And there's a lot of power in that. Man, I'll tell so you, I'd say keep on doing
0: it. So I've been a student pastor for 17 years without question. I don't even have to hesitate to tell you the best retreat we've ever taken. We took seven students to ever. Um, that's powerful. You know, and, and that's the thing is like, don't compare, man. The, the comparison game will, you will lose that every time. Um, I say, say this a lot more students, more budget, more parents just equals a whole lot more problems like and it's not that it's bad. it's not that it's bad. it's just different. every everything that you deal with with 10 kids you're still dealing with with 50 with a 100 with 150, it just scales up. And so mm-hmm. um, you know I think I love partnering and I mean I, this past week we we did something very similar to that. Um, on the college campus here, where there were 14 of us between campus ministries and churches that got together and were able to do this kind of one big event. Uh, and it was amazing. It was a huge success. And really, beyond, honestly, even beyond the size of the event and all of the activities and all the things we were able to do, I, we heard from so many students, like, wow, so you guys are different, but you're doing this together. You know, like, that's really, really cool. And and so it gave us a lot of opportunities just to talk about the gospel with students on the college campus there. Really, because we decided to come together because we knew we could do more together than we could by ourselves. Um, so it's good. It's so good. Well, hey man, before before we finish and wrap up here, if folks uh, want to find you, where would be the best place for them to do that?
1: Yeah, the easiest way would to simply go to Ministry Bubble dot com. Uh, it's got all of our contact information. Obviously, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everything else, like everyone in the world, it seems. Um, but man, that landing spot of ministrybubble.com. Uh, we try to get resources out. I know you've said it in podcasts before, Jody. You know, I'm I'm a pastor first and then do all of this other stuff kind of intermittently as I can. And so we try to make sure that those Uh, Resources are really relevant for leaders, but also timely with the realization that sometimes ministry happens, sometimes life happens. And and so we try to get some new stuff up every now and again and and lean into what it means to be a leader and and to do ministry. Cool.
0: And is there a resource you throw out at folks before you bounce?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the resources that I have fallen in love with here recently is an app called splice, uh, S P L I C E splice. And some of y'all may be familiar with it. Uh, it's a really easy way for you to make videos. And so you can add in, uh, music from your iTunes or from even the app. You could take a couple video snapshots. We've been using this in our student ministry to do announcement videos. Cool. Uh, Cause I know I feel the, pressure to have you know really professionally made something but man i i've started even on wednesday nights bringing in a couple students as they get here and say hey you want to make an announcement video and i pull out splice and get a couple shots of them and can edit that on my phone and airdrop it to our computer uh, right before worship and so the whole process takes like four or five minutes that's awesome Uh, and so it's really cool with splice
0: cool man well, we'll put a link for that in the show notes along with all of this. And, of course, we'll have a link to Ministry Bubble as well. Uh, and thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. I think it was I think it was great for me. I don't know about anybody else listening, but just a good reminder. And certainly something that we're all going to face. I mean, you're going to have a, a, at some point, if you haven't already, you're going to have a situation where you bring in a guest speaker that's, that's less than what you asked and desired for. And so being a little proactive off the front, can certainly make a big difference and help. So, man, thanks for coming on and sharing some wisdom.
1: Hey, well, thanks for having me.
0: I enjoyed it. Cool, man. We'll catch you later. All right. Thanks. Well, there you go. A great interview with Chase. It is such a needed topic. You know, we do deal with bringing in a lot of people to speak or teach for us. And there are a lot of really important things to consider. And I feel like, He hit so many of those in that. It's such a helpful thing. And it's one of those things, honestly, that if you don't think about it beforehand, you will afterwards. And so to be able to have this list that he's given us today and really be able to walk through and think through a lot of these things on the front end, very, very helpful. So hopefully you have been taking some notes and, uh, of course, we'll have links to everything mentioned here over on the uh, the slash episode 043. You can find the show notes there. Be sure also to head over and check out ministrybubble.com and find all of the things that Chase has going on over there, some really, really good and helpful things. Now, I want to take just a minute here before we finish today and just talk to you and let you know about something new Uh, there's a couple things that you will have noticed and start seeing more of coming into the uh, the new year here in the next few months a couple of those will be some new graphics and logo stuff that's coming out I'm excited about that been working through a lot of that as well as um, just doing some free workshops on a more regular basis Some online stuff that you can log in from your computer at home or wherever you are, and just kind of walk through some really practical things. And so, looking forward to doing some more of those. We've done several of those in the past, but just want to do those a little more consistently for you there, uh, along with the podcast that will still be here uh, rolling through. And so, some really, some really good interviews, good topics. That will be that are coming uh, your way over the next few weeks and months. And so I want to make sure you're aware of those things coming out. If you're not already on the mailing list, make sure you head over to the longerhaul.com and jump on the email list there so that you can uh, get the updates as things come out. A lot of stuff comes just to the mailing list that doesn't show up in a podcast episode or on the blog. So make sure you do that. And of course, subscribe to the podcast so that you can get uh, all of the new content and episodes as they come out. One final thing I want to really let you know about and encourage you to take a look at, you know, one of the things that's happened uh, through all of this is that as the podcast has continued to grow and the blog has continued to grow and more and more people are listening and finding and downloading and reading um, the blog, uh, you know, it just, one of my struggles has always been how do I continue to provide the help and resources for the audience and for, for, for you at a place where you can really take advantage of it? And it's not, you know, regardless if you're at a very small church or you're a volunteer or you're at a really large church, how do I provide resources and help in such a way that everyone is able to be able to benefit from that? and take advantage of it, because I've been in positions all across the scope of that. And quite honestly, I remember very much starting out, not having really any budget, not knowing what I was doing, and not really being able to afford, really afford, uh, a lot of the things that were out there. So one of the things that has launched here for the longer haul is, uh, is a Patreon page. And so if you're not familiar with Patreon, Basically, it is this, that there are certain rewards, benefits that will be offered for different levels of support for uh, the site. And this starts really as little as a dollar a month. Um, Everything that I'm currently doing, the podcast, the blog, everything that is out there and is being done right now, the workshops, as I mentioned, all of those are going to continue. Nothing's changing. All of that, everything that is free will continue to be free. There's no question about that. But rather than start a really expensive membership program or something that could be kind of a drain on a budget or just your personal finances, Patreon really allows me to be able to offer things along the way to uh, to those who would support the show, but to be able to do that and so that it's very, very affordable where you are. So like, man, a dollar a month is where it starts and it goes up from there. There's some pretty cool rewards that I've thrown in there for you uh, as well. So, you know, you can get some stickers uh, at, at like 10 bucks a month, which is like two Starbucks of coffees, right? Um, you, you become co-executive producer of the podcast. And as long as you support that, I'll back you as that. You'll get a template for business cards you can print off. So you're official. Uh, you, there's some opportunities to be in a, a, like a private Slack group there. So you'll have access uh, to stuff just to get questions answered and some community around you there, as well as just some content that I'm going to release just to people, uh, just to audience members who are able to support on Patreon. And this really keeps me from having to really seek out and find um, sponsors and just be able to kind of make the show what it has been and continue to meet you where you are, really value for value. So... All that to say, if you find value in the podcast, if you're finding value in The Longer Hall and you're able uh, to do like a buck a month, man, I hope you'll really consider that. And you can check out the rewards and all of those things if you'll go to the longerhall.com support, thelongerhall.com support. You can check out all the rewards there and see a little bit more about the Patreon stuff, how exactly that works and uh, I really hope you'll consider supporting that if you're able. And if you're just in a place where you're not, that's totally fine. Um, you know, we, we'll continue to do what we're doing. The podcast will continue to roll, and the website, will, the blog will be there, and all of that stuff. The workshops are coming, all of that. Nothing's changing there. But if you're able to support and you find value here, I really hope you'll go and take a look at least and consider it. I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it, it it's going to meet a lot of needs at once, um, you know, the expense of doing this just gets more expensive as it grows. And so the struggle for me has been how do I balance that? How do I continue to be able to offset some of the expenses of, of producing the show and really even upgrade the quality and the content of the show along the way without having to chase down and bring in sponsors that just take away potentially from what we're trying to do and, and the show. And so um, hopefully this will be a good a good blend of that, allow me to really offer some cool things that that would otherwise be maybe really expensive to offer or would be just a little cumbersome on the audience to try to grab hold of that. So anyway, head over to longerhall.com slash support and check that out. I'd appreciate it very much. And again, if you're finding value, uh, man, I would really appreciate if you would consider throwing some support at. That Be sure again to head over to the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash 043. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 043. Sorry, thelongerhall.com slash episode 043. You can grab all the links and resources we mentioned there. And that'll do it for this episode today. Thanks for tuning in and jumping in here today. Hopefully it was very, very helpful for you. And with all of that said and done out of the way, we will see you in the next episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.